Hello, everybody. Announcer voice. Can you tell I've been working on a cruise ship, buddy? I can't. Yeah. (laughs) Just did eight days on the high seas. With Kiss. With Kiss. With Leonard Skinner and Kiss. Two different fan bases. It was a battle cruise, too, wasn't it? it Didn't they have to fight, and whoever won got to play that night? Yes, yes. It was a cage match. Whoever lost, we cut them and put them overboard. Nice. They can beat the Sharks and make it to shore, they win. So we give them a little out. It was fun. How were the merch? Merch sales. <laughs> How was the merch sales <laughs> after the death battle? You sell a lot of t-shirts yeah. after people killed each other? <laughs> it was cool. No, those, those cruises were a blast. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we'll talk about it. And we've already talked about it. Right? Because this show's jumping time and space. This is a time travel. This is, this is a time this travel is a show. Time this is a looper show. <laughs> this is a looper show. So we're recording this and then list, listening dropping it at a different you time. want to start over god damn i'm tired yeah can you tell i'm tired yeah i can we're both really tired like we both were I falling can go back in time and still be tired <laughs> i'd like to get in a time machine that has a bed um <laughs> well we had a really exciting show this yeah, is another the themed, themed episode. episode we haven't done a themed episode in a while well we kind of did yeah. halloween one yeah, that was what, what, two, three weeks three ago? Three weeks ago. Yeah, yes, it it's was. It's been a while. Yeah. When we record and drop them on different times, it really screws everything up. Yeah, if it's more than an hour, it screws you up. I know. Really, it's the difference. More, I can't handle it. All the time zones. It's like, I what tr- year is it? Ah, You're like, I don't, what? I don't get it. Martin Who's Sheen. Who's president? Martin, <laughs> Martin Sheen's going back in time to save Pearl Harbor in yeah. the final countdown? <laughs> yeah, I made that reference. Because I made some time travel boat joke, and everyone, I, I did it because I was getting on the boat to go into a storm because Hurricane Sandy was coming. And then all these, I made a time travel joke, and then all these people posted about Final Countdown with Kirk Douglas and Martin Sheen. Great time travel movie. Look it up. So it is a great time travel movie. Really, Although somebody posted on the Facebook page, just like, look, I know it was 1980, but half of that movie is just like fighter porn. You know, the fighters. It is, though, but it's all, I mean, they, it is It is good. And you know what? It was funny that posters like, uh, you know, I understand it was 1980, but come on, half that movie was uh, fighter porn. So I responded, then obviously you didn't understand that it was 1980. Yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> then you have to excuse that. You have to excuse that. It's like you don't judge, uh, you know. It's like you're going to get mad at a movie that has a Herbie Hancock song in it. <laughs> We're traveling through time. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I am so excited about this episode too. Oh, and you know what? And we're, to we're going to have and we're going to have no time left because you have traveled through time to ruin this episode today. I want to do. I want to do. I want to do. I want to do more Herbie Hancock. <laughs> How we've never done Herbie Hancock on this episode. <laughs> well, maybe we could get him on. <laughs> I'm sure he's available. Wait, did he pass away? Oh, he did? Oh, wow. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for making me say that. We have an exciting episode, folks. Our guests are staring at us like, what a bunch of idiots. We drove all the way from San Francisco for this? These guys are morons. Um, this is episode 135. This is a special episode because it's about a film. Well, these, these two guys are filmmakers that we met at Comic-Con in July. And uh, we are now carrying their movie, Death Grip. So let's welcome Eric Jacobus. No, I said I said. Oh, right. you ruined it's it. Jacobus. It's Jacobus. <laughs> Jacobus and Rebecca on. Uh, you guys. Wow, that was wrong on both counts. No, it was it's, on it, was no, right. No, no, it's on. The opposite of off. I said on. No, it's, oh, it's your Chicago accent. Yeah, fucko. Don't get with your <laughs> Philadelphia accent. Say, say deep dish pizza. Deep dish. It's called a pie. <laughs> it's a deep pie. It's not pizza. Pizza is what they eat in New York. We have pies in Chicago. All right, you fucking jag off. <laughs> Let me go write in all my Chicago. <laughs> so welcome, Eric Jacobus. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did it it's wrong. It's Jacobus. Yes, it's Jacobus. It is. It's, it's Jacobus. It's the correct way. Now... But, when I, before we let them talk, I just want to talk about their movie for a second. Uh, when we went to Comic-Con and met these guys, and we were talking about uh, Death Grip, and I was at their booth, and then we were talking, and they're like, oh, yeah, um, we're doing the uh, Rick Myers Kung Fu panel. And that's when we both went, so am I. Yeah, so we yeah, we were on the same, were on panel, the same panel at Comic-Con. And uh, I, I took the movie home, and I watched it, and I thought it was really, really fun. This is, this is what really struck me about it is when you think of indie movies, you have indie comedies, you have indie dramas. Occasionally you get, you also have a lot of indie horror, but occasionally you get some indie science fiction. How often do you see indie action? 
an indie action with a sense of humor. Like yes. the trailers that we watched on the panel made me. Anyway, let's introduce. Oh, we've already introduced them and mispronounced both of their names, <laughs> Eric and Rabaka. Uh, <laughs> wow, so, I like the sound of that. Like, That's nice. <laughs> Thank you. More exotic. Yeah, is that? That's what we want to do. <laughs> so, why don't you tell our fans first of all, you know how it started? You guys do stunt work and everything, and go into that. Yeah. Side. How you started stunt people and how you started the movie, and then Definitely. go into uh, Death Grip. Um, well, I started the stunt people back in 2001 because, you know, there wasn't much in the, in the way of action films coming out at that time. I felt like there was a serious drought of good action movies. Uh, there was something about the economy. There was a lot of just Mm -hmm. things happening in the world. It was like between 1995 and 2004. So there just wasn't much happening. And I just wanted to, I wanted to do it myself. I thought, Hey, if nobody's going to do it, I'll give it a shot. And it's like you said, there's not a lot of indie action out there. It's no. incredibly hard to make it because it's so expensive. Action's very hard to make. So, but it's also it's not just expensive; it's highly skilled and highly skilled. Absolutely, you, know, you really, you know, you can't just do. You can do a backyard action movie. But it's not going to look like an action movie. Exactly. Well, well that was the thing that I looks I, like backyard wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that was the thing I was impressed. Like Eric, obviously, you know, go into a little bit. Well, both of you, you you have a, a pretty heavy martial arts background. Like, how long have you been studying martial arts and training and all that? That led you to go, I want to start stunt people. I was a late bloomer in martial arts. I started the stunt people before I knew really anything about martial Mm -hmm. arts. I was a Hong Kong film fan. And when I was 19, um, I hadn't really done much martial arts at all in my life. I was a gymnast. And so when I was 20 and I was a year into making movies, I was like, I need to start looking like I know martial arts for my martial art movies because I was good at faking it. But then I started taking martial arts then. But still, being a gymnast is that's gonna that's gonna fold really well into martial arts. I mean, I had the physical ability to do this beforehand. I was weightlifting since I was thirteen. I was a major. I was a big time Arnold fan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I was weightlifting. Both of us, me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was raised on Arnold. So you guys were doing steroids and sleeping with your. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> my da- it's a funny story about my childhood. Actually, my dad uh, had no sons, so he raised all of his daughters like boys. And ah. my father daughter activity with my dad was to go into our garage and lift weights together. Oh, that's <laughs> we gross. had an old school bench in there. The bar was ten pounds, and we would just do sets together. Did you have like bizarre. coffee cans full of cement? Did you guys do that? <laughs> old school. That sounds like a garage workout. That was. That's how we bought and watching Arnold movies and other action movies, which we'll talk about later. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so it was a pretty perfect pairing when we met up. Um, now, how did you guys meet? We met for Death Grip, actually. At a, was... Through a mutual friend, yeah. I had just gone through a massive life re-shifting and uh, left Google and left the corporate world and decided that I my body basically had an allergic reaction to working in the corporate <laughs> world. Uh, and I decided that what I wanted to do was stunt work and action filmmaking. But of course, I had absolutely no idea how to get into that. And a mutual friend of mine actually just happened to say, oh, I know this guy who runs a stunt company in the Bay Area, which, you know, is like yeah, the sentence from heaven that you never, ever imagine you're going to be told. <laughs> it was very serendipitous. So I met up with Eric and he happened to be just finishing Death Grip script and getting ready to produce it and was looking for a producer and a female lead who could act and fight. So it was kind of perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Because that's like... That sounds a little like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Right? Now, but, what made you just start stunt people? Like that was because you said that's the first thing that kind of happened. When we started stunt people, because we knew we kind of had an idea of how to make an action movie, and we mm-hmm. thought, well, we just need to find people who were into this kind of like we were big fans of Hong Kong action. I really uh-huh. wanted to make mm-hmm. Hong Kong style fight scenes, but with an American sort of edge to them, uh, and. Um, and we just picked up a camera and went with it. And when we made a, when we made our first movie, you know, we put it online and it sucked. You know, you should see the early stuff. <laughs> it's pretty bad. The first, the first 800 movies I did are just no good. Yeah. Don't, don't watch them. Yeah, Death Grip is not your first movie. No. No. Or watch them as a basis of comparison sure. to the stuff we make now. They're all online and easy to find. But uh, you should but, follow our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, we got a YouTube channel. It's all on there. But um, but no, it wasn't our first, and we took. Uh, I'm really tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get much sleep it's, it's last night. We were, we were out drinking. Which, uh, we're at AFM. Yeah, we're out partying. <laughs> yeah, you guys were at the American <laughs> Film Market all Yeah, uh, we were actually all, out all having place. drinks with Gary Daniels last night. Nice. So <laughs> Partying in Santa Monica. Yeah. So we'll make the questions quicker and slower. Okay. <laughs> Do you like ice cream? Yeah. Uh, let me talk about ice cream. <laughs> So, because when you started Stunt People, the the Stunt People was basically a production company for your own um, 
films. But now, do you guys also like rent yourselves out? Do you do other work with other companies? Like, how what is what is stunt people's job basically, other than to make movies? Our business model basically. Yeah. The stunt yeah. people is essentially the action team behind mm-hmm. the action. We have a group of you know twenty or so people at any given time. Um, we're all uh, very skilled in you know multiple areas. We have different backgrounds, and so when somebody comes to me and they say, "I need some stunt guys for this shoot," often they're uh, you know, they're asking for a certain body type, a certain style, certain abilities, et cetera, et cetera. And I can kind of like pick for them among the different stunt people. Oh, and do you guys do fight choreography as well, I would assume? Yeah, so we like also, someone could just say, mm-hmm. I just want fight choreography yes. from you or Absolutely. whatever. They could subcontract yeah. part of their movie to you guys to kind of choreograph. Yeah, we do that. Right. Yeah. Or events. Okay. There are a lot of you know events that want live performance of some kind. Oh, okay. Um, also motion capture. Like Cirque du Soleil. Jobs for, uh, you know, for video <laughs> games where they want to do than that. That. Yeah. <laughs> animation. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's really so cool. So you could do a lot of mocap stuff too. Then. Exactly. So yeah. okay. I remember when we were at Comic-Con, one of the things we we were talking about was, and we all sort of shared this and we've talked about it a lot on this show about like kind of the born movie thing of so handheld. I don't know who's fighting. You can't see the action. I don't know. So shaky. Yeah. And that goes back to like, uh, you know, I was sort of raised on the Hong Kong fighting too. You saw how, who was kicking who, why, where, how, and all that stuff. And there's, that was, there's no handheld Jackie Chan movie where you no, can't man. see him punch yeah. somebody. No, and a lot of times I think then, then some directors have sort of used that like to sh- to cover a lack of skill on the stunt side. It's a shortcut. It, it, yeah. It's kind of twofold. That one, they have actors who can't fight and they have to double them so they have to cut around that and shake it up so you can't tell. Um, but it's also because, and this is our theory, uh, because back in the 90s, Americans didn't really understand martial arts as right. much. It's a big part of Asian culture. So for them, ma- making Hong Kong films and Chinese films and Korean films and you know Thailand films, all those, they could understand martial arts and they could film it really still from far away and the audience would still buy into it. Right. But Americans aren't used to seeing themselves, white people, kick ass in a martial arts skilled way. But today... Martial arts, MMA, UFC has become so popular. It's very different. I I have a theory on where that kind of shake. I put this in the book, too, where I think that kind of close-up, shaky camera to cover a martial arts uh, thing was the end of the first Lethal Weapon. Mm. When um, yes. Mel Gibson fights um, Gary Busey, all of a sudden, yeah. like, oh, finally, we're going to see a really cool martial arts scene. And you see nothing, nothing. throughout the, the entire <laughs> yeah. thing. That whole build up. You see, you see, yeah, you see literally Because they're two big nothing. name celebrities that, don't, that aren't trained fighters. Yeah. But you know? again, I'd, well, I, would, I don't care. I'd like to see Gary Busey just kind of wing it. I think that would have been that would be fun. That would be fun. It's probably not in his contract that he's not allowed to yeah. do that. But I'd like to see those two wingnuts go at it. Just yeah. Gary Busey's yeah. crazy rage. Lock and, down the camera. Yeah. Wide shot. We all know go. Mel Gibson's got some nice <laughs> yeah. rage in him. So. Yeah. The Holocaust didn't happen. Just let him go at it. Just, I think that would be tremendous. What the Holocaust? Yeah. <laughs> Gary Busey, fight me. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be a goddamn great fight. Yeah. That would. That'd be, like that could be a whole YouTube only. channel. Just every <laughs> celebrity week. Yeah. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah on MTV. Yeah, for real. They, they should just do it real live yeah, action. Real. Yeah, two enter, one leave. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you guys, I have a question for you guys. What is um, what makes a great action movie? What are the elements that make a great action movie? I think that really the bottom line is you got to have a good story behind it. Um, yeah. Now that doesn't mean that we're talking like a drama with a lot of mm-hmm. you know non-action because you can do a perfectly action-driven story piece. Like Die Hard, for example, is a very action-driven movie and it's a very good story also. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a quintessential classic. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you have a good story, good action, and then of course the other elements that filter down from there with the acting and the script and things like that, I think that those two things are like, that's the best yeah. that you can do. I mean, the, the issue we see most often with action films is it's action for the sake of action and not action for the sake of the story. And what should mm-hmm. be is that the action should be moving the story forward and you care about the characters that are in the action sequence. So right. the fight is, yeah, exactly. More, there's more impact the there. The fight for a fight's sake is just not that interesting to watch. You can watch the best fight of all time, but if you don't really care about who's doing it well, I mean, even yeah. MMA matches, people are getting into the character dramas behind it. Sure, you know? sure. Why? That's why yeah. WWE works so well, too. It's all about the characters. 
characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the it's theater. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Absolutely. And, that's, and the UFC has been very skilled at, at making that. I mean, obviously yeah. oh, they have they have absolutely. the best fighters in the world, but there is a lot of drama that they. That's Lots how they. Pre, yeah. There's backstory. Yeah. Exactly. Drama. Tons of exactly. pregame talking yeah. and a lot of character dramas, and that's most of the programming for UFC. Well, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, because sometimes the fights are sixty seconds long. Yeah. So yeah. They, <laughs> by a long shot, yeah. 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 Surprising, obviously. They need more programming than that. Um, so, so now, what sinks an action movie? What if an action movie has potential and then it just does maybe these things wrong and then it just sinks it? Uh, I mean, you have to have the right balance of story and action. Um, if you're making it low budget and you're not putting stars in it, name talent, then you need more action than you have dialogue. Um, I mean, you can still have, st- I won't say story, I'll say dialogue because you still want to have the whole thing impact, you know, chock full of story. But the people who watch low budget action movies watch it for the action if they're not watching it right. for the stars. So they want to see it jam packed with action. And I think that's how you uh, have created action stars is you get somebody like Tony Jaa, for example. Nobody knew who he was, but he, you have to get, like, you can be a complete no name in an action film, but if you're a badass mm-hmm. fighter and you, you know, are awesome on camera as well. You mm-hmm. have that sort of, I mean, that was what Bruce Lee was. Yeah, he was just a, don't go heart of darkness on your next two movies. Yeah, don't go <laughs> crazy. Don't go in some jungle with these mythical ho- elephants yeah, or whatever. you're fighting elephants. <laughs> and, yeah. God, it can't be too far out there. Wow. Yeah. He went, he, Colonel Kurtz himself yeah. up in the, up <laughs> in the jungle. Back. He'll be back. He'll be back. He's He'll an amazing martial artist. Yeah. I mean, Ang Bak. But I, I think, you know, and, and again, we, we I, I talked about it in, in, in the book and on the show too, like to use Ang Bak as an example. The plot of that movie, pretty basic. What plot? Yeah, exactly. It was very much like it was very much like say, I got to save the village, which is like every Hong Kong, you know, or Footloose movie. Or yes. foot, or it's, it's, it is the Footloose of Muay Thai. But he was so amazing. He's such an amazing fighter, and is compelling on camera. Like yes. that's like I'm sure there's people not that we, we we should get into this and cite some examples of, of whatever films you, that come to your mind. Um, like Bruce Lee was that why he transcended to this to the states was he was obviously a great martial artist, but he also had that star thing. Absolutely, the charisma. He yeah. had the charisma. He the when the camera was on him, it was like wow. Yeah, like he lit it up. And there's I'm sure there's good fighters out there who it's like the UFC. There's guys that were so competent, they're so good, but they're not. Yeah, they don't have that. They don't. Quite they're not entertainers yeah. necessarily. Yeah. You know? Exactly. That's why it's actually we we almost prefer to work with WWE fighters than UFC fighters because WWE stars know how to, to perform. The yeah, and not only that, but they know how to lose in a fight. So if I'm fight, you know, if I'm, if I have to go up against an MMA guy and teach him how to get hit, it's kind of like counterintuitive to an MMA guy. A WWE guy totally understands. Oh yeah, I just react this way and fall down. Right, right. Because yeah, it's told yeah. beforehand you're sure. going to lose exactly, in the third round. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, that touches on the other thing that people sometimes miss out on and why an action movies flop is the acting isn't good. I mean, you think it sounds counterintuitive to a lot of people who are like, I'm not watching the action movie for the acting. No, I'm watching it for the action. But you you're not going to yeah. care about the action if the acting isn't there. It's, it's kind of w- subliminal. It's one of those things, I think, in an action film where if, again, let's go, let's use Tony Ja. Is he the most amazing actor ever? No, but he is, he's competent enough. Like you have, when you're used to sell it, he can sell it enough, you know, uh, that, that, and because his martial arts are, is so awesome Mm -hmm. that he can, he can sell it. And some people that's a, it's a tough, it's a tough blend. I mean, we talk about it a lot. Some, some pull it off better than others. Like you take like a Jet Li, who's like the whole package. Yeah. Yeah. you, You watch him, he can actually pull off a quiet, slow small scene and it just it still has it almost feels like it's action-packed you know when he when he does a, a quiet scene whereas some of the other action stars can't pull it off as much when they're not moving well around. like what, that's what, true one of the movies on this list is hero and one of the what, why i think that is that is an amazing film is uh there's some really subtle uh um, and amazing acting moments that mm. gently pulls off in the close-ups because the emotion of that film, and then obviously visually it's stunning. Like the cinematography of it and the shot composition is amazing. Yes, and that's that's actually maybe what I would say is the third point um, to why some action movies flop. I mean, you have to not only be able to choreograph and fight well, you have to know how to shoot it. Yeah, because yeah. and it, a lot of action movies, there's brilliant action in it, but you can't tell, or it's shot in, in an un- uncreative, a boring way. 
Um, mm-hmm. So the camera's too still or the angle isn't good or the angle shows too much of the kick or the swing. So you see it coming from farther away. It feels slower. It's not as exciting that you just you have to understand the cinematography element. I mean, of it so too. it's not just the choreography of the fight. It's also the camera placement, too. That's Very much literally so. half of the equation yeah. for us mm-hmm. anyway. When, and we can get into that later, how we put a fight scene together. But um, when it comes to just making an action movie, I mean, why the hell would you make an action movie if you can't see the action? Right. Uh, and you can't appreciate the action. Right. I mean, if the, the point of an action movie is, uh, the point of any genre is to do justice to what your genre yeah. is. And if you're not even allowing the audience to see that, if you're just making them feel it, if you're just kind of making it abstract, it almost kind of ruins the genre element. Well, why don't yeah. you well, give us an example, like either from this list or just off the top of your head, of a film that you think captures all of these elements correctly? Oh, I mean. Pick one. <laughs> I, know, I know, this is a pretty Boy, amazing yeah, I mean, It doesn't have to be the one, just right. one that Well, comes actually, to mind. here, the, the Matrix is perfect. Um, yes. The way that they shot that movie was so innovative and creative, mm-hmm. and they did it for the action. You know, they shot the action in unique ways that had never been seen before to make you appreciate the action more. But it wasn't sped up. It wasn't shaky. It was just innovative. Well, it bullet was, time. That was like bullet the, time uh, the was whole brilliant. Yeah. thing with the, uh, you know, the bullet slowing down and the camera spinning around. And, yeah, and, and then it became, around him, yeah. and then it became a joke and quickly overused in parodies and everything. Yeah, yeah. It was like, but okay, I, but it, it made the, you know, it, it, it made it at the time. It was uh, the coolest thing, thing yeah. ever. <laughs> I remember walking out of the theater, seeing the matrix going, how did they do that? Yeah. How and somebody said, "Oh, I was at this thing, and there's like basically 300 degrees, almost not 360, but just about of cameras every, and it was just, and they have them at different angles so they don't see each other." And I was just like, "That was that that was amazing." And the, the, like people don't realize how amazing the Matrix is in terms of it's a martial arts movie. It is it's science fiction and martial arts. It's one arts. of the first successful American martial arts movies, like with white people. Yeah fighting and starring in that and doing the martial arts. That, that was a groundbreaking film for the kind of action we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so talk about a little bit um, what that process is in terms of dealing. Like, do you guys, when you're, you, you talked about, not only is it the, the fight choreography, but how the camera is set up, how do you go through that process in terms of, do you deal with directly with the cinematographer and the director? It's a great question. Yes. And the way that we do it is actually very unusual. Uh, in terms of how, for example, Hollywood does Compared it. To, yeah. um, the way that we do it is, you know, we actually just took sort of a very basic approach where we said, well, let's just do this this piece of choreography from this angle. And then we'll just shoot this, you know, these five moves and then we cut and then we, you know, then we do the next bit of choreography from a different angle. And actually the way that, that's not actually the way it's done typically in Hollywood. What they do is they, they run the entire fight scene uh, and then they'll shoot it from one angle and then they cut and they reset and they do the entire fight scene again from a different angle, and they cut, and then they reset. Just, Just to give themselves as much coverage edit. as possible, yeah, because yeah. the editor usually doesn't know martial arts, or is just wants to cut it really quickly together to make it seem exciting. So, yeah, we craft carefully each shot for each set of choreography. We, we like to call it shooting for the edit instead of shooting for coverage. So then you were editing, you guys edited Death Grip as well? Eric did, yes. Ah, see, that's that's right there. That's yeah. the ingredient that is so missing. But you actually, have martial artists in all the key yes, spots. Yeah. yeah, and actually there's no other way that you could have edited these fight scenes because you shot. Yeah, yes. I mean, we, we could have had somebody else edit it, but handed it to them with the footage in the order that it needs to be edited because we shot Almost each like section of choreography as a piece it's of the edit. It's actually really easy yeah. to edit. It's yeah. just already edited. Yeah. And it makes it easy for me to keep track. As I'm choreographing it, I can remember the last 10 shots and the flow of that. And now, now we need this angle for this pacing reason or whatever. And you know, I'm talking directly to the cinematographer because I'm directing and I'm you know choreographer. But if there were a director and choreographer, if they were different people, I would still say all three of them need to be talking to each other to set up where the shot is going to be, how the director wants people positioned, if he's even a part of that. So, like, if, if we let's say we hired you and we're we're directing the film, and you would then meet with us and say, and you and we sit, we hired you to you do the fight choreography, right. and then you would be talking. How 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 early in the process are you bringing the cinematographer in? Right, mm. and and of course that depends on your production, and sure, it's sure. it's always up to you. You know, I say you know, this is the way that we do it, and what you've seen of us, uh, the stuff that you like that we did, this is how we did it. So if you want to recreate that, then what we need to do is, me as a choreographer, I need to be able to talk to your cameraman as we're shooting. 
Yeah, I mean, it's always great to bring them on board a little early in pre-production so that there's conversations about the style of, of cinematography and, and fight choreography that you want to create together. Make sure everybody's on the same page in terms of tone and style and that sort of thing. But the real collaboration needs to happen on set because what we also do is we don't choreograph and rehearse the entire fight scene months before for weeks on end. We actually choreograph, Eric choreographs in the moment. So he and the fighters oh, okay. work together. And it's very collaborative. Yeah, and it's, so it looks more like a real fight. Exactly. exactly. And it brings the the uh, strengths of the fighters we're working with to the table. So now, they get to help create it. And, do you get hurt more doing it that way? Um, it's not that bad, mm-hmm. honestly. And the, that isn't to say that you can't do this exact same process beforehand in a gym. Of course, yeah. Um, and you can totally do that. And people like you know J.J. Perry and 8711, they do that stuff and they do it perfectly. Mm. Um, they can rehearse a fight scene, shoot it, in a gym and then recreate it on a set, no problem. Uh, but we actually don't often have the luxury of rehearsing yeah. for a long time in advance. Because you're doing low budget stuff. We're on so low budget. Exactly. We haven't even seen the location yet. You know, if this location has a column in the middle of <laughs> yeah. it and then suddenly we, we have get to choreograph there around we have to that. Choreograph around this, you know, now there's a, there's a swimming pool in this place. Hey, we didn't know about this. You know? So like, <laughs> it's just like, easier to choreograph it there, once we see it. If we get it. there and there's yeah. a swimming pool there, that might actually bring out some really cool ideas. You know, now we can like, choreograph around yeah. it. it. Feels really mm-hmm. spontaneous, like a real fight because fight scenes are not calculated. They're not a chess match. No, right. and they're often, chaotic. And yeah. often when you're rehearsing a fight scene in a gym, you might be, as a choreographer, you might be sort of incentivized to think too many moves ahead. It might be too, you know, chess-like. What's the craziest thing that's happened while you were like doing a fight scene, choreographing or shooting one? Oh, Rebecca started laughing. She knows. <laughs> well, on Death Grip, I know, but you might want to talk about like when you broke your ankle or any of those other crazy things you've done. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ankle was a stunt because I do that other was, stunts yeah. too, but I'm <laughs> kind of easing up on the stunts now. That's true. Uh, fight scene wise. Mornings are starting to hurt. Now, um, <laughs> but fight scenes, I mean, I've ducked into an uppercut and broken my eye. You know, like the orbital above my eye. That's no fun when you get punched. Or when you punch somebody else, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> because then, you know, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> You've got and, the guilt uh, plus the pain. <laughs> we, did a ni- we did a knife fight in Death Grip. And it's the uh, second to last fight scene. And uh, these are metal knives. Now, they're dull, mind you. Um, but... This is also, you know, so the result rubber. of they're, being... They're not well, this is the well, result of, of experimentation and, and spontaneity. This is spontaneity speaking. We're like, because, oh, we have these butterfly knives. They're dull. Well, they're easy. We could use those. I mean, this is literally the day of shooting. Alvin, the guy I was fighting, you know, we showed up and we were going to do a hand-to-hand fight with no weapons. But then we, we realized that we had these two butterfly knives, the ones that you can fold up. Mm-hmm. And they were dull, but they're metal and they look really good. And we're like, well, let's just make it a knife fight instead. Completely on the fly. We just decided to do this then. And we're like, okay, well, I guess there's no kicking anymore. We just kind of did a knife fight. And I got stabbed in the neck by one of these things. Wow. It's We had to learn, even though, you know, it, they weren't sharp, they were still hitting each other with them. So we eventually decided, we just improvised and found some silver rubber that we had from some fake weapons. Um, and our, our grip slash art department guy, Thomas, just cut out blade shape of those and thankfully since they're butterfly knives you can fold it up and look like it's just a handle right. and taped the rubber uh, part of course this is getting uh, this, is, this is getting stabbed this is like times. halfway three quarters of the way through shooting this well, i mean we're so. almost done what's the point yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm such Let's in the just moment save them that last little bit of pain i'm in such I'm such in the moment right now yeah so, so you guys must have like a medic and stuff on set well you got <laughs> oh yeah of course you did oh yes Every we follow, follow, my hope so. we follow all the rules it's we, uh, you know 20 bucks you buy it at cvs yeah Put it you in know, the corner. <laughs> it's okay. I am. I used to be a firefighter, and I am certified in, in CPR and first aid. So you used to be a firefighter, wildland. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lots that, of fun. Combine my combine you, my two loves: fire in the wilderness. How did you go from and kicking people in the face? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, there are times I wanted to. <laughs> how did you get into Google? How did that happen? Uh, I have had a very eclectic career path. Um, That's like <laughs> I, uh, IT firefighting uh, stunt person. I am. Um, I was a lifeguard and swim instructor for a long time, and I did wildland firefighting, and I did a lot of. Um, I I grew up in theater, so I've I've been a I've been a I was also an athlete for a long time and a dancer since I was a child. So I did all the athletic things as well. I didn't have much martial arts experience actually until I joined up with Eric, um, but I had a lot of sports and dancing. Um, and, uh, theater. So lot, all, lots of acting. And I did theater for years and years and then, um, decided to do some firefighting and then, uh, firefighting Google Ninja. 
Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't even I can't explain to you. It was one of those cool ass jobs I always wanted to try and they were hiring and I tried out and you had to take a physical test and stuff and yeah. I passed. Awesome. I got in. I was we had a we were on a crew of 150 people total. It went out and they send you out in dispatches of 20 people at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and of the crew of 150 people, there were about 15 of us that were girls. Oh, wow. It was fun. That's I'd go awesome. out on a crew of 20 guys. It was, yeah. That's awesome, man. I got to be a dude <laughs> for two weeks at a time. Now, great. One of the things I noticed with Death Grip, now let's, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, I know we're carrying it in the store and you guys have been buying it, which has been awesome. But uh, They have? What They yeah, have, yeah. yeah. That's oh, yeah. excellent. I thought you guys were just buying them off us for, <laughs> to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Throw them away and make sure nobody oh, saw Oh, it. yeah. We're, we're making sales. <laughs> we'll give them a this. Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> with the fruitcake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the film nerd writers are like oh another and the agonizingly death. long family <laughs> Christmas letter yeah. pull the DVD out and put bubble gum inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I was thinking was when I um, <clears throat> when I saw this movie, uh, I there was a couple things that struck me. First of all, oh my god, I can see the action, which is fantastic. And when people were buying it, but for those of you that um, you know don't know yet, just give us like kind of like the log line. What's it about? You ain't gonna. I'm like pitching the movie. Yeah. I haven't like given the picture. log line in a while. No, describe it. You're not pitching. You're sure. describing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we already, already bought it, it from you. Yeah. We bought it from you. All right. <laughs> Two brothers get mixed yeah. up in a heist. We, we, <laughs> we start on black. Yeah. <laughs> we just went Close to a your pitch, eyes. We just went to a pitch conference. It's 1974. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is about a, uh, it's kind of like a Rain Man type story about a brother and his autistic, right? a, mm-hmm. a fellow and his autistic brother. And he, uh, he gets his autistic brother out of a care home to start taking care of him. He's trying to set his life straight now. You can tell this guy's kind of had a, a rough history. And this is the main character, Kenny. Pulls his brother Mark out of a care home and then takes his brother on a last minute catering gig because Kenny's a caterer. And he goes to this museum and his brother goes with them. And at this museum, they're exhibiting this silver coin of Judas, which is one of the 30 silver coins paid to Judas to betray Jesus. It's one of the originals that they found. And so it was actually based on a bit of history. Yeah, it was a little bit of history. Yay, that was that my MacGuffin. I, that's my MacGuffin. That's my Hitchcock. And so uh, Mark really likes silver. He ends up stealing the coin, not because he's a thief, just because he likes silver and he's autistic. He can open locks. No problem. He doesn't see anything wrong with this. But some thieves are coming in at the same time. And these thieves are a satanic cult called the Knights of Judas. And they want the coin for their own satanic purposes. They're collecting these coins and they do sacrifices. And they find out, ah, this autistic guy has just stolen our coin for us. Perfect. They steal it from him, go underground. And then Kenny and his brother have to go underground to clear their names. And then all they look like they did it. God, is it good fighting? Well, I want to talk about like um, the the point you guys were making about uh, how you are all martial artists, and that's what makes a good film. Because it it reminds me of one of the movies on this list, which is Thirty Six Chamber of the Shaolin, and and, uh, in the in the DVD that I have, they talked about when they shot that. They did several things. First of all, all they were all martial artists. They're all kung fu, and they all they did was train. Mm Before, during, and after. I mean, they just the Shaw, the Shaw Brothers Studio is literally just a training facility yeah. where people live mm-hmm. and train and work and sleep. And and they just you know and I don't know had, if they eat. Yeah, but. I don't think they. <laughs> and, they had, and they had cameras and they shot it in because uh, you know a lot of the, the Hong Kong movie tricks, which was they'd shoot it you know uh, at, at a faster speed, like yeah. like yeah. undercranking, undercranking. Yeah, they, yeah, they'd undercrank it. So, but they shot this at twenty four frames a second. Like it was just um, amazing, and it was it was like real time fighting. It's like the Shaw Brothers. That, yeah. I, if I had a time machine, I would go back and be the first and white guy. With them. Yeah, yeah. Just sit there. I would just. I would. That would be. That's my dream is to just do that all day. Yeah. And and I think too. Like name some other movies that you guys think you know that had that that element of like most of the people in it. I mean, obviously a lot of the Jackie Chan movies. There's a lot of oh, martial yeah. artists in it. Yeah. Like, what are some of the movies that you think that you know about where everyone in it or most of the people in it were solid martial artists? Yeah. Yeah, I I think that um, my favorite action, I think my favorite movie of all time might be Drunken Master 2. Mm, mm-hmm. Legend of Drunken Master. That's yeah. one where, you know, Jackie Chan and Lau Carleong were co directing this movie. There's just martial arts bleeding from this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, every, I, I swear, I mean, Jackie Chan has a stunt team 
and they all do martial arts. A lot of the time, they're just acting. There are actors in that movie that are martial artists. You know, Lau Karliang brought his Hungar guys as actors in that movie. They didn't even fight. I mean, it's just everybody's a martial artist. Even people who don't fight in the movie yeah, yeah. are martial artists, literally. And there's that like authenticity, this air about it, like where you can just feel like nobody's putting on airs of being a martial artist. Nobody's holding up a flag saying, oh, I've trained X number of years. No, they're just doing it. They live it. And you can see that. I think it's obvious. And, and, and to that point is when you have all these people that, as you say, live it, then the principles of martial art permeate in the film, either either directly or even just sort of the tone of the movie permeates the like only fight when you have to and, and all that stuff, which is which was one of my, my, my uh, like, again, going back to 36 Chamber, the Shaolin, like you could tell they care and the Shaw brothers in general cared about the the precepts of 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 kung fu and mm-hmm. and like what are some other movies where you guys feel like as you said the movie bled martial arts anything that lao Car- Leung worked on like mm-hmm. my young auntie anything back in those days anything that he worked on just bleeds it um but i, I would say that one uh new one called the raid which is oh, making a lot of buzz yeah. right now yeah is Nothing but Silat guys in Indonesia. Silat is this Indonesian martial art <clears throat> that was fairly obscure until now, yeah. which is great. It's kind of for put this on the map. You're going to see yeah. Silat schools popping up around LA. Yeah, now. absolutely. <laughs> and in that movie, I mean, you look at the number of stuntmen. It's like I don't think they repeated a stuntman. I mean, that's something that we do. Yeah. We repeat stuntmen all the time. All I'm, I'm in artists. death grip. I'm fighting myself at one point in this movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm wearing a robe, and then it cuts to me not wearing a robe. You know. Just saying that we have a bunch of stunt. We only have like ten stunt guys, but in um, in the raid, you know, they've got like sixty so stunt many guys, of them. and they're all sea lot guys, and they probably all came from a sea lot school. They all fight. They all fight like sea lot guys, and they fall like stuntmen. And that movie just bleeds it too. And it, yeah, it kind of totally like bleeds you kind of just feel it in the movie. There's this kind of combination between sea lot and police, and it's very tight. And there's this good versus evil bend, which is really important to martial arts also. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, and morality. I think morality plays a huge part of martial arts. I mean, there's... There has to be a clear black and white good and evil. Well, yeah. Shades of Grey doesn't work in martial arts it, or action films in general a lot it of the doesn't. time. But it's also like, as I'm sure just like, as you study, I mean, so many good martial art movies have the sort of... Somebody went to the dark side. Mm. Somebody yeah. used this power for evil. Somebody's former partner yeah, exactly. went bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Some Judas. We, you uh, know? Yeah. And I put in the book, too, It's uh, action movies are pretty much like Bugs Bunny cartoons. <laughs> they really are. They start off Bugs Bunny. He's in his hole. He's eating a carrot. Then somebody comes and tries to shoot him. And then that's like the the cop who all of a sudden, uh-oh, his family gets murdered. Then, all right, game on. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's that inciting incident where somebody close to the hero who wouldn't really go after people is killed. It, it, uh, you know, and then it sets them on the path. The amazing thing about action movies, I've realized, is that it's, they're like the simplest movie in mm. a sense. But coming up with one, it's like you're going to come up with 50 different oh, yeah. like art dramas before you can come up with one good action concept. We're in development right now on our next scripts, and it's amazing how many versions they go through and how material a change they go through each new version because it's hard. It's, it's harder than you think to come up with a really clean, simple. It's like how they say that brevity is, takes l- more time than verbosity. You know, it's, it's hard to come up with a really clean, well, simple package. Well, you guys got a lot film. more things to to discuss when you're writing the script too first of all as you're writing the script not only do you have to come up with a great um, story but you also have to figure how can we shoot this oh yeah that's because oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're writing I mean that's writing. like yeah. low budget horror you have to write with the budget in mind absolutely and, and who are we because you can't just say oh we'll just have general auditions it's like you need such specific absolutely. people you know absolutely, like you say yeah. like the raid they they couldn't have used someone who was really good in another style. No, it wouldn't have worked. It yeah. wouldn't have worked. It had to have been Selah. No, it was made for that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's it was like, written and, for that guy. Yeah. yeah that, that, again, requires such for a tight knit group, which is what the stump people is. Mm-hmm. So that we know, you know, I, when I was writing Death Grip, I was already writing parts for people and I kind of had to like wrote before I even asked them and I realized, oh crap, I've written an entire script. I better ask Nathan if he wants to play this guy. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, they all said yes. <laughs> and But I do write for the parts. You know, when we're writing a script, we have to. We, I mean, there are going to be some parts in the future open up to, 
you know, general audience. We're trying to make as we move actors. bigger and bigger budget, which is our hope is that eventually we would like to make the films that compete with the Jason Statham films and compete with the mm-hmm. Jackie Chan. Maybe not Jackie Chan. That's a pretty yeah. <laughs> lofty goal. But uh, you know, we'll never be as good. We'll as never be as good as Jackie Chan. We'd well, have to, you know, car chases alone are pretty expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But as we move bigger and bigger budget, and we have to include name talent in order to sell the thing, mm-hmm. we only really want to work with actors who can fight I or mean, fighters yeah, who these- can act. For and these, there's a yeah. limited number of those yeah. out there that that command marketability. And how do you put together? Roles, yeah. well, how do you put together your um, your movies? Where you write the script and then do you go like Kickstarter? Do you go private funding, or do you guys just the stunt people makes enough where it, it just funds the movies on its own? It entirely depends on the budget level. Uh, mm-hmm. So we shot Death Grip for a hundred thousand dollars, which is. A extremely low budget yeah. for an action for an film. action movie absolutely yeah. it doesn't look like it i mean it, Thank it's, you. it's easily it looks twenty thousand at least yeah, yeah. yeah. a buck 25 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's at least and change but that yeah. one we uh, partly because it was our first kind of big budget official film mm-hmm. that we were going to try and get a you know traditional distribution for we we couldn't film that or fund that with film investors you know what doesn't exist traditional distribution anymore. Yeah, I know. That's true. That term is <laughs> very quickly stuff, becoming yeah. outdated. But <laughs> That was nice. <laughs> this was our first not $5,000 budget film. So, right, right. Um, but we still had to fund it with friends and family who you know donated money. We did a, an Indiegogo mm-hmm. that did relatively well. And yeah, Eric put in half the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I put in some. My sister put in some. Some friends of Eric's put in some. Um, but is your sister also a firefighting ninja? <laughs> she's not a physical fighter, but she is a she's verbal a fighter. She's a yeah, tough, she's, tough woman. She's a so. Cirque du Soleil physical therapist. <laughs> we, like I said, <laughs> my dad raised time. us all to yeah. be very strong women. Wow. So it's uh, it runs in the family. But well, anyway. brought up by... Uh, like men, right? That's right. That's yeah. Was she also uh, weightlifting with your dad? She was not. I was more of the daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. Me and my dad got really bonded over the fighting and the action. And the, he taught me how to box and punch nice. when I was little. I used to hit him all the time. And he's, he was huge because he was a fat Asian nerd until college <laughs> and then got obsessed with bodybuilding. <laughs> fat Asian nerd. <laughs> he was. And then he became obsessed with bodybuilding and Arnold in his bodybuilding days. And, uh, and that's how his obsession with Arnold grew. And then... Uh passed that on to me um so we started bodybuilding so he was like a square because he was five foot six but really really wide um but anyway uh <laughs> that's my dad um <laughs> can thank my dad for where i am today yeah. <laughs> some grip. of the money was raised though through indiegogo for mm-hmm. death grip and yes. we had a very very good well, exp- go into detail like, a little bit what indiegogo is because i'm sure a lot of our fans would like to know what that is indiegogo is a crowdfunding Platform. Uh, platform. It's like Kickstarter, yep. but just for films. Well, actually, or? it's so it's very similar to Kickstarter, but the main but difference you is you, you can keep the money. You, you don't keep make all the money you raise, even if you don't meet your goal. Now, yeah. when, I, when I was watching Death Grip too, there was one thing that also that we haven't touched on yet that I want to mention is that when you watch a fight scene choreographed, there's another really important element uh, that happens in post production, and that's sound design. Mm. Because if you do oh, that God, wrong, sound. it's uh, it sounds flat and if you do it wrong the other way it's yeah. a three stooges short it's completely so the fact underappreciated that you guys, yeah, yeah the fact that you guys can kind of find that balance is really amazing too because it makes an action sequence too the uh the oof and the you know the punches and the the thuds and the falls yeah or, or it could sound like a hong kong movie from the 70s right you know yeah it can make or break the scene and it definitely draws in or can push out the audience it's very important but not that noticed and, and one of the things i also liked about the movie that would, uh, attracted us to it as well this movie has a huge sense of humor and that's what we really <laughs> love. like we're watching the movie it. and we're like you know eric's kind of like a martial arts bruce campbell and as we're as we're you know how many it, times he gets compared yeah. to bruce campbell <laughs> every day yeah and i'm like oh this is kind of this is fun because your expressions and the way the um the way the um action unfolds it also reminds me of like movies like kung fu hustle Mm. And also, even and the movie I love that I thought was completely underrated was Big Trouble in Little. Yes. Oh, we love I that love movie. Big Trouble in we Little. We love China. that it movie. Has everything from like fantasy, you know, um, martial arts and goofy characters, yeah. and just and tons of action. Yeah, you know, there's just a character that's you know shoots electricity. There's one that gets really big and inflates himself. It's yeah, I, was yeah. ra- I was raised on these movies. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I'm five foot six. I'm not Arnold. I wanted to be, I wanted He's to be Arnold, Arnold. But I couldn't grow. You know, I was like thirteen. I'm like, I'm gonna keep growing, but I never, I never, I never kept growing. And I, you know, that was kind of like the the niche I fell into, which you know, I was raised on also uh, vaudeville movies. I really liked Laurel and Hardy and mm-hmm. uh, Three Stooges. You know, 
Well, Charlie you can tell that that's so some of that's humor. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. the subtle it, comedy you had in there. Like, yeah, wow, there's we were, some really good slapstick in there too. And yeah, it's like well, the, the movie had such a subtlety to it. Anyway, like I loved uh, how it. Um, you'd see the conflict, and I think we talked about it on the Rick Myers episode, uh, and then you would, you would, I don't know, you would like visualize in your head what the fight could be, and that's what we would see. And then you'd walk, and then the act, the reality is that you would, you'd walk away from it or whatever. And I, I, I just really, I dug that just because a, that's, that's a martial arts philosophy of, you know, the victory comes with the sword still in the scabbard, you know, like, how can I not fight you? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's like in enter the dragon when he's like the art of fighting without fighting right. and then gets yeah. that Australian guy to go on the dinghy. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And, how, and how can we do that while also showing fighting? While also showing yeah. exactly. awesome fighting. And we show yeah. it as a dream. Yeah. Yeah. He, can, he imagines all the cool th- things yeah. he could do in his head. Yeah. Now let's talk about Enter the Dragon for a minute. I mean, that I think that movie was kind of like the turning point for martial arts in American movies because that yes. was... Uh, it's an American movie. Yeah. It's his yeah. Hollywood movie. Yeah. yeah. Totally Hollywood. And uh, and also had like a lot of supporting actors that were very popular for the time. Well, it depends on <laughs> how, where the movie was marketed. Because if you watch, I, I have the DVD and it has the original trailers. And the American trailers are like starring John Saxon. Yeah. And it's like, really? <laughs> and really? this Asian guy. Wow. And, and some Asian yeah, guy. Yeah, and a short dude. Like, <laughs> it was like, John Saxon, you're going to put him top billing. Okay. I was like, you're going to regret that later. There's a, I mean, there's posters. There's movie posters with John Saxon as the big head. Wow. And then little Bruce Lee. And then I don't know who the, the other guy is. The other. Shaquille the villain. Yeah. yeah. Or no. Uh, um, Bolo Lee. Well, Jim Young. Kelly. Oh, Jim Kelly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jim, yeah, that guy. Super Foot Kelly, you know what it means? And they're like, white guy, brother with a big fro, and some Asian dude. You know, it was like it was so army of Asian. It was so very seventies, yeah. And you watch it now, and you're less like, how could it? It's like when you watch the movie Dragon about Bruce Bruce Lee, which which is not a phenomenal movie, but the telling of the Bruce Lee story that when he that scene where he's doing the Green Hornet, and and they're like, okay, you just come down this staircase. And then he goes, okay. And then he does it all crazy. And the director's like, huh? Like everyone was completely blown away by him. And it's just amazing that they made that movie and went, yep, John Saxon on the poster. And then he even did like, uh, he played like Cato in the Green Hornet when they guest starred on Batman. Oh, yeah. And uh, he had to fight Robin. He's like, okay, well, Robin's going to win. And I'm sure Bruce Lee's like, hey, this guy wouldn't, he wouldn't oh, win. God. <laughs> Let's be realistic for yeah. one moment. <laughs> I guess End of the Dragon looked like Bruce Lee had a lot of control also over the fight scenes. That was big help. Well, the, the introduction to his fighting, uh, the first scene is unbelievable. When you watch Bruce Lee, he's just, all right, you know, you're just standing still make a fist, and then he punches the first guy. It's an unbelievable <sighs> sequence where you just go, oh my God, no one is that fast. He, it's so great. And, and, and again, you know, knowing, again, just the, the, the story of his life that you learned about in Dragon, how he was supposed, he came up with the idea for Kung Fu. Like that TV show, which again was about the philosophy uh, of, of Kung Fu and martial arts and, and don't fight and avoid conflict. And, you know, of course, Hollywood stole the idea from him and put, <laughs> put David Carradine in, which is a little bit of a travesty. But, but um, again, it, it talks about what you were saying earlier of the, the great movies bleed martial arts and everyone involved in it is, is putting all of the precepts of martial arts. No, no other... No other Film genre does this because it doesn't have this like culture and philosophy sure. behind it. I Absolutely. think I think a lot of um, I think that the American action except genre... for show tunes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. Oh yeah, that's yes. it. That's it. Yes, Wizard of Oz, musical and, theater. Yeah, musical theater. Seriously, yeah, Chitty Chitty Bang yeah. Bang bleeds uh, weirdo musical it theater. Bleeds shit. Cheer. It bleeds cheer. <laughs> bleeds drama club. <laughs> Back rubs and hey, I was in theater. Okay, so hey, my parents are theater. I did a lot of musical theater. (laughs) It's definitely its own world, Uh, Uh, but yeah, you know, I think it's it's partly it's that history and that culture that they all come from the same place mm -hmm. in, but it's also the camaraderie and the fact that they spend hours training together. I mean, that's also what made 
making Death Grip so awesome and working with the stunt people because they've been training together for years and they know each other so well. And we spar, so we actually, have a shorthand. There's this sense of trust mm-hmm. between them, um, and they know what ex- exactly what each one of them can handle. Mm-hmm. It's like Jackie Chan. How far they can go? Stunt team. I mean, so, he has a very he has very stringent requirements for. The so people. when one of you falls, you do the trust exercise. Someone behind you has to catch you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's like fall. Go. No, we just let him fall. Let him go. So See how well they handle it. <laughs> Make it look good. <laughs> no, that's so cool that you say that because like I, I've been studying martial arts purely as a hobby for like the last eight years. I mean, it's, it's not as much as I'd like because I'm on the road a lot, but just I do like that you go to the, the, the school and everyone knows each other and you meet people and, and everyone is so on the same wavelength. Like D- Don the Dragon Wilson came in because he knows the Jerry Blank and you're just like, holy shit, there's Don the Dragon. And you just, and everyone's talking the same thing and the same, there is... And there is no other, uh, other than seriousness, musical theater that has that like, we, we all hang out together kind of a thing. So I, true. I, I would say, though, that the 80s action films in America did have something similar to that. I feel oh, like yeah. the Arnold films. List a few of them. Like Commando, for example. I mean, uh, there's this there's this sort of underlying, it, it may not seem like morality, but you never kill a downed guy. Uh, you don't kill a defenseless villain. Uh, there are just some very basic like moral precepts that, that are in action films. And there's, I, f- I feel like in the eighties in America, there was a code. There was a the code. Yes. And the Absolutely. writer, the director, the star, the editor, the distributor, they all knew it and they all agreed on it. And it was kind of just set in stone and it made a very coherent production. I think that's why those films are so great. Mm. And that now it's like, well, I think we're still working on getting that back. Yes. Um, Do you see yeah. the expendables? Expendables too. Expendables too. <laughs> that's that's the desperate attempt too. to bring it back because yeah. <laughs> there's nobody currently. I love. <laughs> Let's bring the old guys back. But yeah. again, though, you're bringing back and you brought back those codes with the movie. Yes, you brought exactly. Those were the guys all working together at that time. I mean, if you think about Commando, they get double crossed. Yeah, you know, and they've yeah. got to take out the trash at the end, and wow. they're shooting the same guys over and over again take in every out. scene. <laughs> But I mean, there's like, another guy with a bandana. But but like, but Commando <laughs> and like Predator. Oh, Predator too. Yeah, they're just they're, they're they're like you say they're in the jungle. They're living by this code, you know, and and all this stuff, this sort of warrior code mm-hmm. that the Predator is living by. Like the Predator just is this crazy alien that just wants to find like how People tough are, are you? Yeah. How tough are you? You sure. know, and if you kill me, great. The villain is the yeah. challenge to that code. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's and it's like if it bleeds, we can kill it. Which you know, okay, that makes a great catchy line, but that's kind of part of the code. It is. You know, yes. the warrior oh. code of totally. like, and we're Absolutely. all we all agree, we could die any moment, and we're okay with it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I now, think. Yeah. What do you guys want to see in like an action movie coming up? Where do you want the action movie? basically genre to go from here from where it is now uh so there's an action movie and then there's the martial art movie and i feel like they're very different yeah i think that america is actually doing some great action movies right now i think that the dark knight films i mean people will probably disagree with me on this but i think that they're great they're awesome i think they're amazing Uh, i think just as like a coherent like thing i think it just it, again and there's good martial arts in there there is it just and especially in like the last two, the second two or mm-hmm. two and three because uh, you actually see it um and i think that we're actually like on the uptick now mm. i think like judge dread that judge recently Dredd came was out was yeah. kind of, which is kind of like the raid and it's very like linear nature and it's kind of mm-hmm. like a video game and yeah, neil loved it neil uh reviewed it on the site we haven't had a chance to see it yet, but the yet. review on the site came back it was like you know, it was, it was a lot the better than he thought it would be. They kept the helmet yeah. on the guy, and they didn't use have a big name. He was cool. Yeah. Carl Urban, yeah. Uh, what I would like to see is um, more of, like, I'd like to see the American studios uh, and American filmmakers um, try to put their take on the... Uh, the culture and philosophy of martial arts, you know, like, and I don't, and I don't, I don't want that to be interpreted as water it down for America, you know, make yep. it the popcorn version. No, no. That's what like, they've already done. <laughs> no, they, they've been doing that for 40 years or whatever, but show this philosophy to Americans so that they get it. Cause really America needs to get it 
Seriously. Yeah. Like the BP oil Absolutely. executives need to kill mm. themselves because they've dishonored mm-hmm. the earth. Anyway, a little soapboxy. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I want to see. And, 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 and it is such a rare thing to have like really intense drama and amazing martial arts with the philosophy of martial arts. That's where I want to see it. Like, I want to see. Hero. You know what you want to see? You want to see a modern circle of iron. Yeah. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see Hero. <laughs> Done with an American director, like I, I, think no, that, I don't mean a remake, sure. but I mean uh, yeah, yeah, you like gotcha. the, yeah, that epic, yeah. And I think that American filmmakers need to get over a serious hurdle in order to do that, which is that everybody on that production really needs to understand what the hell this movie is. Uh, I feel like the reason and they need we, to talk to each other about what that movie will become. They all need to study and understand martial yeah. arts the, on some level. Because the studios yeah. right now, the American studios are stuck in this weird action model of like, yeah. you know, all these night and days and, you know, all the, uh, you know, the last Angelina Jolie action movie. Yeah, was, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, and it's just, okay, th- this this was kind of boring 10, 20 years ago. Now you're still making them. In the them. same way. We need, we need new action movies, new action stars and new action. We need, we're desperate for new action stars. Yeah. We're, we're making, you know... Um, Die Hard 5. You know, we're turning Liam Neeson into an action star you right. know, when he's well past his prime because there's <laughs> nobody else, you know? I think also that this is actually like, the, it's a perfect time now for independent filmmakers to jump to on it. step to, to the plate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like you said, studio executives don't really... They won't get it. They're stuck in this old thing, and they think that, okay, that's what makes money. And they're right. It does make money, but people are craving. That's why The Raid did so well. Oh, yeah. That's why The Raid, that's why 13 Assassins did so well. It's the smaller movies that are getting people's attention with the action. Yeah, 13 Assassins, The Raid. And then there was, uh, you know, every time like this new big one comes out, the only exception is Fast and Furious Mm -hmm. because they're so insane and they're on wheels. I mean, the last Fast and Furious should have been horrible and it was was ridiculous. It It was fantastic. Fast 5 was actually fantastic. It was, you know, just to watch The Rock beat the shit out of Vin Diesel. Oh my God. Oh my God. Two huge guys go at each other. And and it was so, you know, it just disregarded gravity, reality, (laughs) everything went out the window. And I feel like there's a whole different formula for car movies. Yeah, and you're watching this movie, but even when like they weren't in the cars and they're just punching each other I'm yeah like, oh my god this movie is ridiculously and unbelievably absurd and i can't stop watching it's exactly it. what people want and finally <laughs> yeah. they understand yes that. and you know that's what made arnold so awesome they were ridiculously absurd yeah 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 they were fantastic and it that sold i think what they need to do is so go one direction or the other yeah pretty I, much. I, well i think what happened to is i, I think Hollywood is kind of where it is now with martial art movies, where it was um, 10, 15 years ago with comic book movies. They were doing all these stupid things as opposed to just going, it's right there on paper. It's You don't need to put Vicky Vale in the Batcave. Doesn't happen. Like yeah. stick to, and now now the the comic book movies are done so well because you're getting people like Chris Christopher Nolan who are like love comic books. I love it. Yes. So they right. understand it. Yeah, that's Singer what you need. And all those yes. You need Joss a director. I love we need the directors and cinematographers and producers and editors who understand martial well, arts. Well, the thing is, the I f- do. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> the, the America, especially, is primed for it. Everybody in America, from rural, metropolitan, and suburban areas, they know MMA, and they watch they watch martial arts for five minutes from a wide angle. Now, if that's not Hong Kong, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. too, like I think America is there's this huge void. Like everyone's searching for some something, yeah. like leadership, whatever you want to call it, and like martial arts when i started studying a year and a half ago and i talk about it a lot because i'm a nerd but i started studying samurai sword a year and a half ago and when i first did it and the philosophy behind it i was like i've been looking for this my whole life you know what that that actually reminds me of something that does exist in america that americans understand that has an honor and a code it's military Yes. And that is why military films sell so well in the U.S. And that's the only kind of action that is really making it right now. And they're done because we understand military. Exactly. We're in the military and they're done for- with a certain level of respect. Oh, and yeah. amazingly shot. I mean, um, Act of Valor was an amazing oh, film. Because yeah. yes. they had film. Navy SEALs made the movie. Yeah. Yes. Hollywood exactly. people didn't make the movie. Exactly. And you talk about that, oh, everyone from the Sea Lot School. Navy SEAL, they're SEALs. They're the most highly trained people on the planet. They were like, 
this is how this movie yeah. is getting made. And that movie was fucking awesome. And yeah. they, they're not the most amazing actors. Who cares? They uh, Navy SEALs I know talk exactly like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I know. They're yeah. just so like, realistic. I'm bro, is, yeah, bro, yeah. yeah. Come on, yeah, let's go kill these guys. Bro. And you know where you're seeing it more now, too, is uh, is in video games, like you guys doing mm. motion capture stuff. I mean, the Call of Duty games, they're like, how many have there been already? I mean, yeah. they're just, they're hugely popular. And you if, can play the, with your friends if, and you get to, you actually get to be those characters. If the reverence that was made by Catherine Big, Bigelow and the staff of The Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, yeah. If that sort of reverence from an American film crew was put towards a martial, arts a martial art film, oh, yeah. it would be amazing. It would be amazing. You know what came it close? It wouldn't be Bulletproof Monk. <laughs> but Red Belt came really close. It Red Belt was good. Red Belt was close. Because was really um, uh, he studies martial arts. I'm, I'm blanking out his name. The crazy filmmaker, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Um, the up. film right. This oh god, David Mamet. Oh, David Mamet. Mamet. Yeah. David Mamet. Uh, right. He studies. He studies jujitsu. So mm-hmm. he 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 put that in there. He understood the whole philosophy of that. Again, that's what we're talking about. Well, and making Tim Allen a bad guy was hilarious. Oh, that was he was such a good bad guy <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Joe Montana's is like <laughs> lackey fucking guy. That was oh, everyone in there was great, man. I loved Red. Bull. I say it came close. I just mean the fights were weren't perfect it was awesome yeah yeah yeah. talking about (laughs) yeah yeah now you guys like so what's next for you guys what's the next movie now and can i just put a little request in sword fighting (laughs) sword fighting now i mean again like we said we're trying Mm -hmm. to make movies that americans understand i don't think sword fighting is as much a part of american culture today oh and i want and i want uh, musketeer costumes (laughs) if it's if it's historical which is interesting they use you ever, you ever watch those sword fights? They're shot like Hong Kong fights. Yeah, like that out because yep. But again, you know, like America, well, America does understand fencing. So that- I think America does understand the samurai a little bit. Like you look That's at true. the Last Samurai, that was a big budget Tom Cruise movie, and they kind of did it right. It's like a western. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a western, it was. Right, yeah, exactly. it was a western. western Chambara and western are almost interchangeable. Yeah. And yeah. and when you definitely uh, you make a make a great point there, like when you look at movies like. Um, you know, Magnificent Seven, which was mm. also, of course, based on Seven Samurai, and you've got a lot of the codes that kind of tra- yeah. translate. Um, I, I think it's time. I think it's really time we could have a really cool, big budget um, Sam- Hollywood action. Period, period, period martial piece. arts. Samurais okay. come to the Old West and they team up to fight some blah, blah, blah. Bam. Sold. America buys it. Basically, yes. the good, the bad, the weird. Have you yeah. guys seen that movie? No. It's fantastic. It's guns and Western and Asians. Oh. It's fantastic. It's Koreans. It's Koreans are crazy. <laughs> there, I can say that I'm half Korean. <laughs> so, so what is next for your for your next movie? You said you're working on developing it now, right? Four projects right now that we're four. working wow. on. Wow. Yeah, yeah, four mm-hmm. scripts. And yeah. I am. Um, I've got to. It's what you got to do. I mean, they're at ranging budget levels sure. as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got our big budget stuff that we're going after name talent that's going to take two years to package right. and get financing. And then we've got our small budgets yeah, that one we that's can cl- film with our guys and do it quick and put out something awesome. There's one that's pretty close, you know, pretty close in scope to Death Grip, but, you know, a little bit bigger. It's, uh, it's kind of like First Blood uh, meets Surviving the Game. I know I just totally did the, the pitch faux pie, did the meat. You're never supposed to say it's whatever. this meat. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> it's awesome. I That's love that. Industry uh, professionals, industry uh, uh, executives tell you never to do that. But <laughs> I'm not talking to them right now. We're, we're not talking yeah, to them. But, yeah, they tell you to do that right before they don't buy it. Right. Right. <laughs> and then you t- and then they say that in the meeting. Then they, then they, they go, oh, yeah, so then, it's like if this meets that. Yeah. You go, yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Get back to you. Uh, well, cool, guys. Uh, that's basically our show, man. That was an awesome discussion. Yeah, that very was, cool. That was, yeah. that was so film nerdy. That was and great. now where can they find your uh, website? Is it stuntpeople.com? Thestuntpeople.com. thestuntpeople.com. Make sure you include the the. Yeah. Okay. And the movie Death Grip is at deathgripmovie.com. Um, and then we've actually, we've just, we've sort of been figuring out our business model as we get bigger and try and mm-hmm. aim for bigger things. So we've built a production company that is the actual production company part. And then the stunt people is this, the action team. And the production company is called Action Packed Entertainment, Packed P-A-C-T. So nice. we're making a pact with the audience as well as jam-packing it with action. Exactly. <laughs> that you're going to get good you're action. Get fistful action. So, <laughs> it's well, going to bleed are, um, action. We are very proud to carry the movie. And uh, the thing I love about it, too, is it's, it's got great action, a sense of humor. And also, there's a ton of extras on the DVD, too. There's like a bunch of short films. There's and, a 75-minute making of video. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it'll, it'll take you a while to go through it. And we're also offering a... Um, 
a gift pack that we'll be offering Death Grip and Rick Myers' uh, Kung, Kung Fu movie mm-hmm. book. And of course, you'll get a Woot Monkey and yeah, perhaps some a couple other, other free we'll things. See. You guys, you know like, this do. is the thing we talk about. Like, you know, we've said this before in the show vote with your dollars, and you're supporting independent artists. And these are the kind of movies you want to get behind because it, it, it is, it, trust me, <laughs> this is the kind of movie you guys are going to like. Uh, that's why we picked it because yeah, because you never see indie action movies, no, and especially done well. No, so it caught our by attention. people that know what they're doing because this is what they study and train. So um, thank you guys so much for thank being you. On the show. Thank you. That was a blast. Thank you. Thank that you for was having great, us. Man. And uh, go to thestuntpeople.com. Yep. Um, Chris, what else do we got cooking? We've got a lot of stuff cooking. As you guys know, it's uh, Christmas buying season is coming up. So we appreciate you guys checking out the store. And we have our Comedy Film Nerds logo t-shirts. You guys have been asking for those. And um, so we now finally have them at the store. And also we have a little bit of LA Podfest. Yeah, too. so we got the, the Podfest t-shirts that we made. Um, so that's, uh, we'll only have a limited number of those from the first ever Podfest that has a date on it. And uh, I will be... Let's see, uh, at the Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee, Wednesday, November 21st, and the 23rd and 24th. And then I will be in Adelaide, Australia, November 27th through the 30th, and Melbourne, the 3rd through the 6th. And I will also be in Miami with Doug Benson on December 15th, and Fort Lauderdale, December 17th. Now you got a busy schedule coming up. Busy schedule. And as you guys know, I have uh, in the store Pacify Me, a handbook for the freaked out new dad. I will sign it for you. And also you can check out, uh, I launched a new website. It's just chrisjmancinionline.com. And you can also see the trailer for my new uh, horror movie that's coming out from After Dark in Lionsgate called Asylum. It's also, I embedded the trailer on there too. Sweet. Um, well, thank you so much, Eric Jacobus and Rebecca Ahn. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.